Oh man, it is so great to be here this morning, let me tell you. Unfortunately, I'm not a fan of the weather today. I thought that was going to be the weather yesterday. I was more looking forward to being the weather yesterday because later on in the message you're going to understand why, but that's okay. Does anybody in here have a green thumb? What I mean by that is do you, when you plant stuff, is it, is it successful? Can you just raise your hand? All right, there's a few of you, all right? That is awesome. I am not one of them, okay? If I plant something, it surely dies very fast, all right? That's just how it is. Why? Because I'm lazy at it. I have no desire to see something grow in a plant. Spiritually, yes. Don't worry. Spiritually, yes. But in a, is a, a garden, you know, my wife's like, are we going to plant a garden this year? The answer to that question is no. Because the we becomes I, me, okay? Now, I, I will say this. One year we did the, uh, man, I think they were called the topsy-turvies. You guys remember those, right? That, that You put them upside down and they grow downwards. That was successful for me. Why? Because I didn't really have to do anything. I flipped the thing upside down, hung it on a little hook, and my wife would go out and water it. Praise God. She took care of it, right? We're going to get into something called planted, all right? Look, this is a one-time deal. So you either pay attention today on this message or you're going to lose it because I'm only giving it today, all right? Next week, we're going to start something brand new as we flow right into the Easter season. But uh, we're going to don't, you can go ahead and turn there. I'm not going to quite get there yet, but we're going to look in Mark chapter 4 this morning, verse 35. In fact, you know what? I'm just going to get right into it. I don't, you might as well just get right into the word of God. So here we go. Mark chapter 4, verse 35, and we're going to move on through several scriptures, so try your best to stay up with me. It says, on the day when evening had come, he, speaking of, who is he? Jesus, all right? This is Jesus' words. He said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Moving on to verse 36. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. That's speaking of Jesus. And other little boats were also with him. That's kind of, you know, I, I think of pony pinning right there. <laughs> All these little boats, you know, out there. And nobody knows what they're doing anyway, right? All right, let's move on. And a great windstorm arose. Now, I, have you guys, I have noticed a theme about God. God likes to use nature to represent problems, does he not? You know, I, I think he has to because if, you know, if, if God were to relate our problems today that we have with the individuals that were in that time, that would be really confusing, you know. Um, th they didn't have cars, you know, so they couldn't have a problem arise with car problems, all right. They had the, God had to use something that would relate to all of us, all right? Something that impacts all of us. So here you got a, a problem. It says, a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat. First of all, here's what happens when Pastor Kevin goes out in the boat. If he even thinks it's going to storm, he doesn't go. That's how me, right? A couple years ago, we, uh, we were on a cruise as a family on vacation, and uh, Man, we were trying to go, the, the boat was trying to go into this one port, and the waves, I mean, they were just crashing, the wind was blowing, all this stuff was going, and I'm going, oh, dear God, you know, please, you know, the boat's swaying back and forth, you know, people are like hanging overboard, bleh, you know, just letting it flow, you know, and it wasn't the glory of God, that's for sure. So, and a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, said it was already filling, all right? 
Let's move on. But he was in the stern asleep. on the, That's great, Jesus. Thank you. The one who creates all things. The one who can make anything calm. The one who makes everything better. He chooses to do what? Let's take a nap. This sounds like a good time. Let's take a nap. All right, so he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. I'm glad he had one. And they awoke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Let's move on to the next verse. And he arose. Then he arose. Don't you like that? Then, you know, they come to him. Then he does something. That's interesting to me. The then. I think it's great that these individuals knew in that moment that they needed to go to Jesus. You know, we don't see in this passage right here where it says that they started throwing cargo overboard like we saw with what? Jonah, right? We don't see that. We don't see where they're trying to correct everything that's happening in that moment themselves. They went where? Straight to Jesus. And what happened? Then he arose. It's amazing when God gets involved, something happens, isn't it? When we allow God to get involved, do I need to change mics? Because we will. All right. It is amazes me, sorry for the confusion there. It amazes me that when God gets involved, something powerful happens. It amazes me when we get to the spot where we say, God, we need you now. Boom, what happens? He shows up in this moment. It says, then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the seas, peace be still. Peace be still. You know, I'm not sure what storms you may have in your life right now. But I believe that God is looking and he's saying, you know what, I want to get involved and I want to look at you and go, peace, be still. In fact, he says, you know, I'm just waiting. I'm waiting on you right now. I'm waiting on you for you to come to me and to have the conversation. I'm waiting for you and I to connect in this moment so that I can get involved in your life and say, peace, be still. You know what I love about God? He doesn't come uninvited. That's not his character. He's not just going to show up. He wants you to bring him in. It's kind of like you and I. I want to be invited to someone's house to go eat. (laughs) You like that? If you can cook. God, in this moment, freely shows up. Why? Jesus freely shows up with his power. It says, then he arose. Why? Because he was invited. Let's go on to the next verse. He said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Let's continue to the next verse, please. Go to verse, okay, my bad. And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? That's that's crazy for me. Now we're going to jump over into chapter 5, verse 1. Now we're going to get into a point here. It says, then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gadarenes. What I want you to do for a moment is to take special attention to that word, then. Then they came 
to the other side. Now we're going to jump over to Mark chapter 6, verse 45. It says, immediately he, speaking of Jesus, made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, to Bethsaida, while he sent the multitude away. And when he had sent them away, he departed to the mountains to pray. Now when evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea, and he was alone in the land. Then he saw them straining at rowing, for the wind was against them. Now about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea. That, that, that's interesting there to me. Walking on the sea, and would have passed them by. And when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed it was a ghost, and they cried out, for all they saw him and were troubled. Understand, there's something very important in this passage. We overlook, or maybe you've never even seen before. But it says, right before there, it says, as they were troubled, but immediately he talked. Can you go back to verse 49, please? And when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed it was a ghost, and they cried out. There's a very important spot there. It says that they cried out. It goes back into the past scripture that we just read where the disciples went to Jesus when the storm was happening, did they not? They went to him. They're like, do you not care? Can you not get involved here? And it says, then Jesus, what? He awoke. He went to them. He rebuked it. Go to verse 48 for me real fast, and it says this. Then he saw them straining at rowing for the wind was against them. Now about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. And watch, here's the key. And would have passed them by. But he did not pass them by. Why? Because they what? Cried out. There's another moment here that is so often overlooked that we don't see. We look at the miracle. We look at the problem. But we forget about what needs to happen in the middle you see, a lot of times in your life, you see the problem that you're facing. And you know the miracle that you need to see God do. But the issue is, what happens in between? We have a moment here where it was, there was a problem. They saw him. They knew what he could do. Why? Because he's done it before. And so what did he do? They cried out. Let's go on. Verse 50, go, go to verse 50 for me. It says, for they saw him and were troubled. But immediately he talked with them and said to them, be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. And then verse 51. Then he went up into the boat to them, and the wind ceased. And they were greatly amazed in themselves beyond measure. And they marveled. Now, I find it very interesting there that Jesus says, be of good cheer. Now, why? If I were them in that moment, why would I be in good cheer? Do you not understand, Lord, the, the situation that we're in right now? Do you not understand the problem that's happening? You want me, God, in the very thick of my moment, when tension is probably at the height, when everything around me is looking uncertain, God, you want me to be of good cheer. Of course. Why do you think God wanted them to be in good cheer? Why do you think Jesus said, be of good cheer? Because they've seen it happen before. They've seen him. They've seen his miracle working power. They understand how powerful he is. And so he's telling them, why are you losing faith? 
Why are you doubting in this moment? Do you not think that I don't care for you enough to make sure I get you through this storm? Do you not think that I don't care about you enough that I'm not going to grab you by the hand and pull you through this? You know what I love about storms? They do come to an end. They do come to an end. So it's almost Jesus is saying, be of good cheer. And I can't help but to think in their minds, they got to be going, why? I don't understand it. Verse 52, it says this. For they had not understood about the loaves because their hearts was hardened. Their hearts were hardened. Verse 53, when they had crossed over, they came to the land of Gennesaret and anchored there. You know, there's another word there that we need to, to look at, and that is the word when. There's significance there. You see, we don't always understand what happens in between for a miracle to take place or, or for something to happen in our life. For example, I recall in my own life when God gave me a calling on my life and I felt that calling, and I've expressed that to you. I've told you how that's happened. If you've not heard that, you can come and talk to me. I'd be glad to help you. I'm just not going to spend the time to get into that. But I recall when I received a calling on my life to become a minister, to preach God's word. And when you, when you receive that calling, and you receive, it, it, is, it is very overwhelming in the moment. But it's also extremely exciting because you see in the spiritual realm, what God is, is trying to do through you and what he's going to do through you years and, 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 I guess, decades down the road. And, but there's a problem, and it's that little spot that's called in between. You see, before I ever became a youth pastor, I had to have a calling. The calling was my start. That was the exciting moment for me when God gave me the calling. The problem was, what do I do after that? And then the other exciting point was, I know what God's going to do through me. It's going to be so awesome. It's going to be so exciting. But the problem lied for me was, what's in between? You see, oftentimes, we, we want the blessings of God and we, we feel God stirring within us, leading us into our direction. So we have a beginning. And the beginning oftentimes is very exciting. Because in our beginning, we also see the ending. When you plant something, you envision what it's going to become. The hard part is the in-between taking care of it. Now, I'm not sure who has kids. You're going to love this story. It's hot. Road trips are fabulous. You know, we, we usually once a year take a trip to Florida. I'm, I'm no, uh, I don't hide that. I let everyone know because it's one of our most fun times ever. It's also one of the most worst times ever. And uh, so typically we drive. And uh, Carter, our six-year-old, is getting to the place now where he's starting to ask this question, and it's called, are we there yet? <laughs> that, you know, I, I've always heard parents kind of gripe. I've heard ministers do what exactly I'm doing right now. 
And I'm sitting back going, I just don't get it. I can't be that bad. You know, it, it just can't be that bad, right? You go on a 14-hour trip with a six-year-old, and how many times do you hear, are we there yet? And you will go insane. You know, that's, what, that's what, kind of how we treat God sometimes. We go, Lord, I don't care about all this in between, how we're going to get there. It's exciting when we start because I know where we're going. But I don't like that in-between mess, the driving, the boringness to get there. Yesterday, the weatherman, I was talking to somebody before, before church, and we both agreed that we both needed to have a job in weather because, you know, you can get it wrong and still get paid. That's fantastic, I guess. And uh, yesterday, my wife had this great, she's not in here this morning. She's with the little guys, praise God. <laughs> she wouldn't appreciate this story probably. She had this grand idea that we are going to Chuck E. Cheese because the weather's going to be bad and, and let's just go to Chuck E. Cheese because we can give something for the boys to do rather than being in the house and them just, you know, being boys, doing what they fight a lot, let me tell you. Fist fight, too, and starting to get there. And uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm going, I don't see how this is going to work out good for me whatsoever. I'm in the moment. It's all about me. All right, has anybody else ever lived life like it's all about you? I'm going, I don't, th thank you, there's a couple honest people. I'm going, I don't think this is going to work out for me very well. All right, I'm thinking, it's a rainy day, so you've got the awesome plan to take the boys to, or supposed to be a rainy day, to Chuck E. Cheese with me, the biggest kid, all right, and you think this is going to be a good idea. All I can think of is there's going to be a million kids there too. Other families, there's going to be dads just like me going, oh, oh, you know. I'd rather be at Olive Garden, Chuck E. Cheese, really, you know. And so we get there, and the sun's out. It's beautiful out. All I could think of is we could be outside playing ball. We could be, they could be riding their four-wheeler or a dirt bike. We could be doing something productive, all right. Instead, now we have to be at Chuck E. Cheese. Now, understand that. It's an hour drive to Chuck E. Cheese. Do you know how many times I heard, Dad, are we there yet? In one hour. I can't even count on two hands. You know, when, son, I eventually got to, I said, look, when, the, when, when we get out of the car or the minivan, we will be there. Was that satisfying enough? No. He continues to ask what? Are we there yet. So here we are. We get to Chuck E. Cheese. And it's a bazillion people. It's my worst nightmare times three. And listen to this. We have another idea from the wife. Now that Chuck E. Cheese is over, let's go Easter clothes shopping. Are you serious? There is no God in that. I'm going... The end result is not looking good. And check this out. The end result was not good for one of them. All right. So here we go. We're going to move on. So we've all asked the question, are we there yet? We've heard the question, God. We've said it to God. God, are we there? I mean, I'm a very impatient person sometimes. I have learned to be very patient because I have to be, because God says I kind of have to be because I'm a dad, and I have to be the example for my children. But I'm geared to be impatient. I, when I say, you know what, we're going to do it, let's go do it now. You know, I'm the type, I don't want to drive to Florida. I want to fly, but my wife, 
Thank God she learns how to save money and we, we drive. I lose my sanity, but we still drive. But oftentimes we look at God and we go, God, are we there yet? We're all about getting to the finish. We're all about getting to the accomplishment, but yet we're not all about how are we going to get there? You see, the joy of it sometimes is getting there. You know, as a dad, I see my kids, and, and when they were born, it was, it was exciting. It was, I've said some stories about that one too, but it was exciting, and wow. And in your mind, you're envisioning what these, these young men are going to grow up to be. And you can't, you know, sometimes, well, when it gets really bad, you can't wait for that to get there, you know. But there's a process that has to happen, isn't there? We have to live. We have to grow. We have to be taught. We forget that part. We see the promises that God offers us. We see the promises that God gives us through his word. We see the promises that God maybe has spoken over you through someone who, who feels that they have a word from God for your life. We have the promises that we feel inside of our spirit where the Holy Spirit speaks to us and says, this is what I want to do with you. But the problem is, is we're not patient enough and we give up far too quickly and we say God must never have been in it. And we kind of throw up our hands. You see, it says that then and when, two very important words. Have you ever had somebody tell a story and they said, in the meantime. In other words, before we get there, this is what's happening. We don't often, we don't like the meantime. We don't like the time where things kind of just get mundane and it's like we're, we're spinning our wheels and we're gaining no traction. We're getting nowhere. We're not accomplishing. We're not getting to the goal that maybe God has designed for us or laid out before us or wants us to get to. We don't like the meantime. You know, the Bible is big on that, on the meantime. It really is. The Bible is really a lot of a, is a snapshot of what was really happening. We see the beginnings, we see the endings, but we don't always see what's happening in between. I mean, you could look at Jesus. From the age of 12 to 30, you don't hardly see anything else in the Bible written about him. But yet we know there was probably very important things that took place. There was moments where he had to learn. There was moments where he had to grow. So what happens to us when we talk about God in the church and where God wants to take us? Mark 6 talks about to us that they crossed over. We don't know how long exactly it took them to get from point A to point B, but we understand one thing. They crossed over. Eventually, from where they started, they ended up at their goal. But we understand that in the process, what was there? There was storms. Life is going to have storms. Not everything is going to work out just the way we always want it. Right here might be your start. This is where we could be like, you know what, God, use me. We have that prayer, God, use me. God, direct me. Lord, I want to go where you want me to go. Lord, I want to go in the direction that you want me to go in. Lord, plant inside of me a desire. Plant inside of me something that you want me to accomplish. And then over here is the ending of it. And we see over there what this is supposed to look like because God has revealed it to us of what's going to happen. The problem that we so often go from is, Lord, thank you. And then we start taking a step or two. And we go and we wait out in it. 
Sometimes it's shallow. Sometimes it's getting deep on us. And we step out in it. And when we start, it's exciting. You can have problems that come up on you. You can have difficulties. You can have struggles that may come your way. But it doesn't matter. Why? Because you are so close right here. So close. Mm. So close to when God spoke to you about something. Somebody needs to pay attention. This is going to get powerful. This is going to change your life in a moment. But we, we're, we're right here in the beginning where God spoke to us. Maybe it's in your Christian walk. Maybe it's in your walk with the Lord. I don't know what it is. Only you and God know right now. Maybe God has laid off a desire in your life, a plan for you to accomplish something great. But right here, God has spoken it to you. And so you decide you're going to journey out in it. Because you see way over there what the accomplishment is going to be. You see what the hard work is going to do. You see what you have invested in through here, what's going to happen here. And so we step out and we start in that relationship or we start in that calling. And maybe there might be a, a, a windstorm or a little bit of a problem, but we're so close to the beginning of it that it doesn't really matter. Why? Because we've not, we're not losing our focus because we've just been right here when God spoke. Are you following me right now? So we step out in it. And so maybe you get through that storm. Maybe you get through that difficulty and things are going fine and it's okay. But then maybe you reach halfway point and some storms happen again. But you still have your perspective. Your perspective now is over here. You still remember the calling. You have people that you're surrounded with, faith believers, who are reminding you. you got a preacher that's standing in front of you who's reminding you what the calling was for your life. What God is leading you and directing you to do. He's saying, don't give up on your relationship with God. Yes, over here, it was so easy to, to connect because you could see what is happening over here. You can see the end result. But right now, now you're in the thick of something. Right now, you might be in the thick of a storm. You're in a, in a, in a difficult, you feel like the very wind is being taken out of you, but yet you still have perspective. You can still see over here, and you can still see over here. And you have people surrounding you who love you, who are encouraging you. So you're getting through it. Remember, a storm, what? It has an ending, doesn't it? And so then you, you, you continue. You continue to push after God. You continue to push after the ways. And so things are going well. And then all of a sudden, boom, another storm happens. And this is the one that gets most of us right here. It gets most of us right here, and here's why. You barely see the beginning anymore. The ending is right here, but all you can see is the storm that you're in right now. And you go, but God, I'm so tired. Maybe this wasn't God's calling for my life after all. Maybe this wasn't God's plan for my life after all. And so what happens is, is we start drifting further back. But yet we were so close. And we start drifting further back. And watch this. This is what I hate about it. This is what I don't like that we have free will sometimes about. Is right here is where we were starting. And next thing you know, we have drifted so far back. We can't even see what God intended any longer. And we have now forgot about where he started us at.
You see, the then and the when is important in life. The meantime is important in life. Because in the meantime is where you grow and where you strengthen. You see, I was called here. And I had to go through some meantime, through years of studying and doing some really boring stuff. Just being honest. Stuff that I've even forgot. To get here. But knowing where God was sending me. But yet when I accomplished these things, and I got to where God wanted me in a short-term goal, he allowed me to be a youth pastor for 15 years. 15 years. I look at that and I go, oh, my gosh. That's a long time, in my opinion. 15 years. That's like an eternity. Nobody's guys are asleep. All right? And I loved it. There's some moments I didn't like. I ain't going, you know, I got to be honest with you, as if everything else before I said was a lie, but, you know, which it wasn't, okay? But there were some good times and there were some bad times in it, and I loved it. And I recall in my own personal life, I went through a really bad storm. I hit maybe that halfway or the three-quarters point, and it was a terrible, 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 terrible Terrible storm. I will never forget, and I don't want to forget, because I always want to reflect on where God brought me from to where he eventually took me to. But I recall in those storms that I was going through in those moments, in that meantime, in that dash, where I didn't understand why this was happening. And why I had to go through these difficult seasons. Because I remember over here when I was called to do a great and mighty work for God. Because I could see the end result of what God was going to do as allowing me to be the great pastor of this awesome church. But I had no idea about that way back in here. I just knew that God was taking me somewhere. But I remember going through that storm. And I lost sight of the end result. I lost sight of where God was taking me. And I even lost sight of the beginning, but God ensured that there was just a few people that were surrounding me every day of my life who would not allow me to forget what, was, what God was doing. Let me, under, let, me, let me communicate something to you. Your friend who you think is not getting it, who you think you're never going to get into their head, or that family member, I want to tell you something. You better continue to do what you're doing because eventually it will pay off. But I recall the power of a praying mom right here. A mom who would call me daily and say, don't forget what God has called you to do. And I'm doing everything I can to forget about it. <laughs> But you know what happened? I weathered the storm. Because the storm what? Eventually ends. And I'll push through it. God helped me through it. So I went back into it and continued in that life, in the ministry of what God has called me to do. 
And I came here and I got to be the youth pastor here for several years, like six or seven, seven maybe. I'm on nine, year nine. Actually, I'm on year 10, I think now, which is awesome. But during that time, there was difficulties. There were storms as well. I remember getting to the point, and this was scary for me. I remember getting to the point where I was like, God, I'm, I'm losing it when it comes to the youth. My, my attention isn't there. My attention, God, is for the whole church. And understand, I'm the person that never, and I've said this before, never wanted to be a lead pastor. I, I didn't think that was part of God's calling. I was always supposed to be in the support role, not be the one that carries the vision. And I remember going to Pastor Thorne and actually him coming to me first and, and, and him and I going back and forth about it. And, and, and you know, he was, he, he was that voice of confirmation for me. And I remember, again, here's another beginning. Something new. Here's another beginning. And I could see where God's going to take us as a church over here. I see it. I live it every day. It's part of my prayer every day. This church, you need to understand, is, is number two or number three in my life. There's God, there's my family, and then there's you. And, and so I, when, when I accepted that, I was like, yeah, this is what God's leading. I, I feel it too. And we stepped out in it. And for two years, I got to sit under a fantastic pastor, Pastor John. No better. Amazing man. I hope I could be just a quarter of what he ever was. And I remember getting to sit under his leadership and learning a lot of great things. And that was meantime because there was times where I was like, I'm ready now. I'm ready to do this. And then he would say something and I would learn from it. And I'm like, okay, I'm not. You know, somebody would do something and I'm, I'm like fired up. And he's like, you just need to calm down. And I'm like, I'm not ready yet. And I don't know that I'll ever be ready, you know, but I'm in it now, so here we go. And, you know, but, but now here we are. We're in the meantime. I see where God's taking us as a church, and we're going to be progressing as we go. But listen, if we give up over every single problem or difficulty that we face, we will never make an accomplishment with what God has called us to do, not only as a church, but also in your everyday personal life. You must continue to go after God. You must continue to seek after him. You cannot give up. You cannot allow the things of this world to bring distraction. You cannot allow this stuff to happen. You see, one of the things that, that I find interesting in Mark 6 and 52, it says that they had a hardened heart. I find that very interesting and encouraging at the same time because they had a hardened heart. I'm going to raise my hand and say, you know what? There's been times in my life where I have had a hardened heart when it comes to God. There's been seasons where my heart has been hard. There's been times where I'm like, I don't want to go to church. Don't speak to me. I don't want to open the Bible. I don't even want to hear the name God. There's been those moments in my life. And I believe that there's been also those moments in your life. But you know what? The Bible says that they had a hardened heart. But you know what Jesus didn't do? He never gave up on them. It says what? The when and the then. The when they got across. Then they came across. We could be in the most troubling season of our life where we can have a hardened heart toward God, but God will not do this. He will not give up on you. 
He will not throw his hands up on you and say, you know what, you deserve everything that you're getting. He will not do that. He will not leave you. I find that interesting that, you know, even through the hardest times of our life, God says, I'm there for you. I'm still going to be there. Even in the hardest times, when their heart was hardened, we understand the Bible says that he calmed the storm. When, when? They asked. When they cried out. When they came to him. And then something happened. I want you to stand with me this morning. So what are we supposed to do? When we're in the beginning of getting in that boat in the direction that God's moving us to, and we see that there is a goal that God's trying to take us to, but yet we hit those storms of life, what are we supposed to do in that meantime? I don't have a, anything that's going to be like mind-blowing here. Other than this, you stay in the boat. You just stay in the boat. Yeah, you might be going through a hardened heart season, but you stay in the boat. Yeah, you don't feel like praying today, but you stay in the boat. Yeah, you don't feel like getting into God's word and and reading, but you know what? You just stay in the boat. You continue on that path. You continue on that walk. You continue on that journey regardless Because there's going to be the highs and there's going to be the lows in this walk that we have when it comes to the relationship with God, when it comes to the relationship with Jesus. We're going to go through the moments where we don't understand, but God is telling us to stay in the boat. One step at a time. In Galatians, I believe it's Galatians 6, uh, around verse 9, I think you have it. This is what it says. Yes, 6 and 9. And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season, we will reap if we do not what? Lose heart. And let us not grow weary. What does that say? It says stay in the boat while doing good. For in due season, in other words, eventually that storm is going to come to an end. I don't know what storms you may be going through right now in life, but I'm going to promise you this. Eventually, it's going to come to an end. I don't know the struggles, the difficulties. I don't know what's happening in your family. I don't know what's happening in your job, your marriage. All I know is, is God says, stay in the boat. If you're in a marriage and it's troubling and you want to get out, stay in the boat. If you're giving up on your kids and you're going, God, I just can't even pray about them anymore, you stay in the boat. If God has given you a dream to accomplish and you have no resources to accomplish it with, He does. You stay in the boat. I don't know what the things are that you're having to struggle with. I don't know what your meantime is right now. I don't know what you were called over here to do. I don't know what the accomplishment over here is eventually going to be. All I know is is you're flat in the middle of the meantime, and God is saying, stay in the boat. Maybe it's your relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe you're willing to almost give it up right now because everything around you is going bad. And you can't see what happened over here. Let me remind you, do you remember the day you gave Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior? Do you remember that day when you accepted him? Now I want to tell you, do you remember having visions of what God was going to do in your life? Don't forget it. Stay in the boat.
don't lose. Don't give up. Don't allow the enemy to have a win here. Stay in the boat. You might have a hardened heart. You know what? That's fine. You have it. But stay in the boat. Because eventually God's going to soften that heart again. God's placing people around you strategically to be an encouragement, to show love, to show compassion, to bring joy back where joy once was, to bring anticipation and excitement again where it once was. You see, God is just telling us right now, don't give up. Don't ever give up. Don't give up on your spouse. Don't give up on your kids. Don't give up on your job. And especially don't give up on your God. He says, stay in the boat. Whenever about ever I close. And all I want you to do is reflect on yourself for a moment. The scripture said, and let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season, we will reap if we do not what? Lose heart. You know, the Bible says that when we weep, he also weeps. But also believing that when we reap, guess what? He also reaps. I don't know what you've planted. I don't know what you've planted in the spiritual realm or in a job or in your family or whatever's dear and near to your heart right now. I don't know what you've planted, but you do know what it is, and you do have a vision of what the end result should look like that God has given you, that God has spoken into your spirit. The important time is that dash. The important time is that meantime. What are you gonna do with it? Are you gonna take the easy way out and jump ship? Are you gonna stay and cry out to God, saying, God, do you not care? Intervene right now. I need you. Are you, not, are you going to be in that ship where that, the storms are raging, the waves are crashing, the wind is blowing, the boat's filling up? Are you not going to run down and, Jesus, right now, Jesus, I need you awake in my life right now, Jesus. The Bible says that every demon must flee at the very name of Jesus. Right now, some of you have thoughts of negativity going through your mind. Oh, this is just another sermon. I'm speaking Jesus into your life. Those thoughts that are not of God must flee in the name of Jesus. So the thing is, are you willing to step out and say, you know what? I don't understand my meantime. I don't understand the dash right now. I don't understand all these problems that may be happening, but I'm coming to Jesus. And I'm saying, here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. Wake up. Calm the storm. Wake up. I'm crying out to you right now. Jesus. If that's you, simply step out from where you are. And I want you to come up here in the front. I want to pray with you this morning. If that's you, don't be bashful. Don't be shy about it. But if you're not understanding the meantime, if you're not understanding what's going on right now, and you need God to show up in this moment, I'm asking you to step out because God is wanting 